You sound fantastic. <laughs> You've done this before. I mean, I know yeah, you right. guys really well. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Ha ha ha. Tony. Ah, okay. Oh, that's a little bit intense, Tony. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Are Welcome your... to Suggested Donation. <laughs> um, are your headphones okay? Yeah. Oh, it's All good. Right. All right. So we going? going nice. I'm ready. We're rolling. All right. Yeah. Welcome to Suggested Donation. I'm Edward Minoff. And I'm Tony Serenai. And we're here with Michael Klein and Jay Braun. Jay Braun. Mike, how do we know you? Gosh. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, Water Street, possibly. No, I'm it not is sure. Water Street. I, mean, I don't know. It's a trick question. We know the answer. We'll <laughs> see how aware you are. So, <laughs> so you guys really jump into it, okay? We start. Oh, yeah, it's, no. a, it's an honor being here. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so yeah, we we met we met at the original Water Street. So you studied with Jacob Collins. Right. I'm just trying to figure out if I don't like remember. the exact time because I toured Water Street. But then I studied with Jacob at his house. Right. So I don't, I can't I, remember. I don't think I was, when you were there, I think you I. You never was. went over to Jacob's house and studied. No. So, no, no, right. we didn't do that. They weren't allowed. We weren't allowed. <laughs> he didn't let us. You yeah, we were banned <laughs> by that point. <laughs> he was in a rocking chair in front of his house with a shotgun. <laughs> Especially <laughs> telling us to. Yeah, he said, get. <laughs> so, how did, you, how did you find that whole scene, Jacob and all that? Okay. Um, so you could take it back, I guess, to the Midwest. I mean, that's originally where I'm from. Uh, You're from somewhere near where Travis is from, right? Well, you brought it up. So sure, we're actually sure. from the exact same town. Really? <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. Really I mean, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to bring it up because I don't know if Travis is... Who's this uh, Travis guy? <laughs> Who's this Travis guy you're talking he deni- about? He denies it now. He says he's a New York. Yeah, no, he's, he, a, he's, he's a like California a- guy. But no, he, he was born in the same town as I was. It's in North Dakota, uh, Minot, North Dakota. Right. So um, I, w- I was born and raised there. And I, there are like four people in the town. Yeah, basically. The, the town's slogan is, why not, my not? <laughs> so if you have to come wait, up... Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're joking. <laughs> no. You're joking. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have to question like your own existence... <laughs> this, this whole podcast is going to be about this town. Why I want right? to know all about this town. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's got, I mean, I don't even want to throw out the population. Cause is it cold? Yeah, it's extremely cold. It's, it's dangerously cold in the winter. Why don't you have that, that accent, that, that northern? Uh, North Dakota? Yeah. Can you turn it on? Oh, probably. It'll come out, <laughs> I'm sure. It, can you do it right now in front of us? You get me talking for an hour. Come on, Tony. Sure. <laughs> come on, Tony. Let's talk about art. What's funny is I know people, um, you know, from Texas or other parts of the country that have the thickest accent. And you meet them, and you're like, wow, you don't have any accent. And you get a beer or two in them, and they're just like, let me tell you my story. Hold on, let me tell you what it's all about. Can't escape where you're from. Right. So from there, how did you wind up in... From there, you wound up in in Minnesota, correct? Right, yeah. So in uh, high school, I had seen an image of a sergeant painting on the cover of American Artist. Was that the very first exposure that you had to... Yeah, wow. it was. Yeah. So that uh, led me to open it up, actually, and look at it and see what that painting was about. And it was an issue on uh, there was something to do with portrait art and it had a whole bunch of artists listed. And the thing that stuck out to me was the prices of the paintings that these portrait artists were getting. <laughs> of that sergeant And I was, was in getting? a situation, I was in a small town and I wasn't uh, really gifted. I didn't have a high 
marks on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't I, academic, let's right. say, right? So I mean, that to me was just like my ticket out of there. And wow. so I saw these prices on these paintings, was, and I was like, I, I think I could do that. So <laughs> were you the guy were you at already, school? Wait, were you already doing was, art? You already were doing art in school at that point. I had always dabbled in it, but ne- I mean, it was just. You, you know, but were you, you the guy that would like draw yeah, something and, and yeah. everybody would be like, yeah. oh man, yeah, give it to it. Mike. Mike will draw. You'll do it. Can I you say, do of th- course, because I think we all are. I mean, yeah. Yeah. did you do like the back of jackets or, you know? No. <laughs> so you've <laughs> never painted denim and you've never painted a van. <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw this. It was opportunity. Name. So uh, I started pursuing it. I, I applied for some scholarships. I got accepted to some schools, but I ended up turning that down because I wanted to just paint and draw. So I, at that time, but wait, wait, like, so you're seeing this idea of the, the portrait and right. it being your ticket, uh-huh. but all of a sudden you're becoming, you're Bohemian seeing, almost. yeah, you're, you're seeing the painting and drawing aspect of it. Like, no, there's well, something he, more important. About right. It. Well, here's what it was though, is that the universities in order to keep the scholarship, I had to maintain a grade point average. And that turned me off. <laughs> this, is, this guy. So I, I like, like this guy. <laughs> I was like, no. I just want to paint and draw. So I, I started searching. Right. I don't need the reading books. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I started searching online, and there was a school that popped up. So we went and toured it, uh, and it was the Minnesota River School of Fine Art. That's what it was called. And she was a, a lady who had been actually denied... Uh, she couldn't study with Richard Lack. So she started her and own Richard school. Lack was... He, he was... Okay, so Richard Lack is a student of R.H.I.V.'s Gamel, who was a student of someone who studied Paxton, in France, right. basically, yeah. And he's sort of the conduit between right. a lot mm-hmm. of contemporary or classical realists and the authentic kind of 19th century training that right. was, you know, brought back from yeah. Paris. Yeah, so... Uh, she had had a school that uh, it was in the suburbs of Minneapolis. So for my parents, that was a safe opportunity, I guess. So I, I moved out to Minneapolis and stayed with her. And I just got thrown into it. It was, uh, it was painting, drawing all day long. And yeah, you loved you, that. Was that exactly It was cool. It was after? interesting. Did you ever have an idea of what that meant? before you were just thrown into it? No. Meaning the no. idea So of- the whole atelier world, none of, it, it, I didn't know about any of it. It's funny so this was the first I, I didn't exploded. know anything right. about it either. Right. And I was going to art school. I didn't learn about yeah. that until way later. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about Jacob at this time. It was all very new. It was just, it was a small school. It was different than the universities. I was happy because I was painting and drawing all the time. No grades. No grades. <laughs> no words. Right. So from there, I learned about another school that was similar to this one, but in Minneapolis, which was closer to what we do now so it's a little bit more structured uh full-time program you go through the cast you do figure drawing etc and then eventually that's how i heard about the new york scene Mm -hmm. so you were at this other school and then kind of heard about new york while you were there or yeah so this was back when water street started to get really popular Mm -hmm. uh, with the galleries and you guys were all doing your thing uh in brooklyn Right. And it started popping up in magazines. Yeah. So we were seeing that. And I realized that there was limitations being in Minnesota. Right. So I decided at some point I you had You mean to, like as far as um, career-wise, not... Or that approach um, to painting? 
Yeah, it was more uh, technical limitations. Ah. So I could I could tell there was something different being done in New York that I wanted to be part of. So right. And were there also like aesthetics, or I mean, was it? What was it? Did you could you put it into words? No, I didn't know. I mean, Jacob, uh, I had seen a portrait that he had done, and it, it was the closest thing to the old masters that I I had seen. The whole lack school. Uh, I always felt like there was something not right about it, mm-hmm. and not not saying that, it's a different aesthetic, definitely. Right, but I, I always felt like it, it. Even though they talked so much about lineage, that it didn't really connect. It connected back as far as Paxton, but right. beyond that, I felt like they were their own breed of some offshoot. It well, wasn't like the old masters right. were alive and but well. But Paxton, I mean, he's an interesting guy. He, he comes back from Paris, but then he he's, he settled in, in Boston. Boston, right? And Boston. he, I mean, there was a huge group of Impressionists there, and there yeah. was a huge Impressionist he was really successful, uh, influence yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And I think that Impressionism crept into that training, which I don't think was part of what was taught uh, in Jerome's atelier, but when it gets back mm. to Boston, all of a sudden you have a, like a heavy dose of Impressionism. And I think that, I don't know, to, I've never had any exposure to Minnesota, but from mm. just looking at the paintings, I feel like I can see some like Impressionist influence, particularly in the color. Sure. And yeah, in the definitely. way that, that color is maybe mm. thought about and approached. And, and I think, you know, Jacob is probably much more of like a tonalist. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, to, to not entirely bash the whole school, I feel like I'm being negative. Go right ahead. I mean, I, I left it, but there was several people there who are huge influences on me, uh, to name Jeffrey Larson. Right. Are you familiar yeah, with this yeah. work? Okay. And Paul Oxborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to watch those guys when I was still a teenager, probably... 19, 20 years old, I got to watch those guys sell out shows for, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul so that was, was a huge yeah. experience for me, and, and they, I got to meet them. And, and so another, I guess, launching point is after seeing that, the portrait artist, and then getting into it, but then getting to know that artists are actually doing it. It was, I mean, I know listening from you guys' podcast, it's kind of like everyone's got their own story about how everything has opened up to them and to me it was like I was watching the market it was weird because I was seeing these guys like sell paintings for twenty thirty thousand dollars and I was like well that's amazing I mean it sounds kind of a little bit crude maybe but Mm. that's a big revelation for a kid who's thinking like what am I going to do with my life I love doing this but it's not a viable like people don't do that and then you see people doing it and they're selling their paintings for a lot of money which I mean, look, money is, I think mm. when we all made this decision to follow this this path, mm. we all probably at some point thought, well, okay, money's going to have to not matter. But you, you see people selling for a decent amount of money and you think, look, you can make a little, like you can get right. by. Yeah. You can you can paint and get somehow compensated enough to, to live life and not, you know, not be sleeping on a subway and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But it also goes to that whole idea of di- the different ideas of what successful means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of maybe our generation, the generation before us, it was having a certain amount of money, cars, house, family, whatever. Sure. And, 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 and again, it goes back to a certain amount of money. And I think nowadays... Money is what keeps us 
doing the things we love too. If you if you're getting paid to paint, it means you can keep painting. Exactly. Right. So the idea of what That's successful what means right now is different than I think when we were growing up, or at least it's changing. Where if you're able to do what you want to do and get paid for it, and even if you just get by, yeah, most you're definitely. more successful right. than somebody who makes a lot of money and they're not very happy. Mm. And it's something that I think. You know, when Keep you telling yourself that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> totally. that. The, <laughs> the secret, at least to my happiness, is I've kept the, the bar very low. <laughs> so sometimes I, really like I shoot guy. <laughs> Sometimes I shoot above it, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the problem is... <laughs> Look at that. I didn't get evicted, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> no, honestly, though. I mean, I, I've always thought that if I could make a living, just if you look across the board, if you look at, like... Uh, teachers or uh, you know any kind of person who's working in some kind of service like a labor of love yeah. kind of if i can if i can make the same doing what i love to do then it's that's a life worth yeah, living right it's definitely you heard it here <laughs> so, that, so, donation. <laughs> so that i think that brings us back to new york right i mean so yeah, yeah. that's the turning point I saw so at that you guys point, were, were you researching, like, hey, this is my the next step. I need to go to New York and, and kind of hook up with these other artists who are doing something a little different that I want to maybe use that to fill in some of the, the spaces that aren't, are kind of empty right now? Yeah, I just kept pushing towards what I thought was something real. I, you know, I saw something fascinating about Jacob's work that connected back to a lineage. I really, I mean, I didn't really understand entirely what it all was but right. so i saw something and and i had to go for it and it wasn't i had no clue really who jacob was right um, i didn't know that he was uh he so grew handsome. up in <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i didn't know he grew up in new york city you know i said i, I just i had no clue all i knew is that the guy could paint and i wanted to learn how that's to paint. like all that mattered <laughs> right. right yeah yeah <clears throat> so then i remember the crazy interview I had with Jacob. I'm sure everyone <laughs> did has he, heard Did he discourage you? Did he go, ah, well, no, it not was, for you. It was crazy for just a couple of reasons because I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on because, yeah, he was he was doing that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> but I was so excited to be out to New York. It was my second time, I think, I'd, I'd come here. And, you and, see all uh, the big buildings? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Were you, like, just looking up, like, <laughs> look at all these buildings? It was probably the first time I was in Brooklyn. So I was in in the studios and I'm looking around and kind of taking it all in and you know because I had uh, actually what's what's his name somebody escorted me up you know it was like it wasn't on like the 12th floor yeah yeah. yeah yeah so I was I was a little bit nervous and and uh we I get there we had bouncers at the door <laughs> I get there and so that brings it back to Travis actually pilot to bombardier <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's funny is I let that out and I just looked at you guys. Like, ah. you, you just I just looked right at you. Sorry, we're all waiting to like waiting pounce on each other when yeah, there's right. a bad joke. Yeah. The, the gates are open. Uh, all right, go on. I, Sorry. I, did you, I don't know, but as it was coming out of my mouth, I was trying to take it back. I was like, no, 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 no. It's one of the things about recording, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's there. Yeah. It's and there. were you just like, I'm in? Like as soon as you saw it, where it was it one I mean, of those like... like that was idea I connected to it. Yeah, that I like that be connection there? where you're like, I just want to be here. Or were you still like, ah, I don't know? No, uh, I definitely. I, you wanted. I, to I be was there. kind of, as a student, you're always critical of, of other people's techniques. Yeah. So I was kind of in that 
ignorant phase of studying and just kind of looking at like everything. Right. Uh, and in Minnesota in particular, it's a lot about a visual kind of impression, copying what you're seeing. And, and so I remember kind of thinking that the paintings looked different for some reason. And then I couldn't understand why. I was wondering just, just before, Back in Min, uh, back when you were in Minnesota, when you were mm. kind of figuring this out, even before New York, did you ever run into like resistance, or was that just you know no. you know what I mean? Like the idea of like yeah, you shouldn't be doing that type of art. You should be doing this type of art. Not really. I, I I'm relatively. That's kind of amazing. It's weird, yeah, because I'm. I, I used to always talk about that with Jacob. Is I felt like I was kind of uh, uninfluenced in a way from all that. Right. Um, like it kind of sounds like that's why I brought it up because it kind of sounds like you, you almost had these blinders on and you didn't real you didn't see anything yeah. else and right. it's, it's kind of I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crazy. really cool. I mean, that was probably a lot of the energy that I had going into it because remember, I mean, I'm I'm seeing all these friends of mine selling paintings for a lot and I'm just like focused on okay, this is what right. I want to do. So it was very, you know, it was profound reality that it could it was a world that was happening uh maybe as i went on i found out how small it was but right. when i was younger and in it i felt it was really big really well and you're reading about it in magazines right, and right. it's like yeah, wow right. it's, you know it's glamorous yeah. it's anything but so <laughs> well, at water street well, the God, Ted, <laughs> come on <laughs> well i mean when you it's when the you, worst thing in the world and i don't know why i'm doing this. when you get the oversized check for the still life competition yeah right <laughs> then it gets a little better <laughs> that's glamour <clears throat> So I go back so you, and I, I'm going to meet with Jacob and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this is Jacob Collins. I'm kind of nervous. And I walk into his office and I try to sit down on the couch and it didn't have a back to it. And I just <laughs> rammed my head <laughs> against the wall. <laughs> and I thought, Did he laugh Jacob was you? like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was, my head hurts so bad. And I was like, I'm cool though. I'm, I'm good. You're like, I'm a little dizzy and I might throw up, but <laughs> let's just go. Let's go. Yeah. And then soon after you came back and set up at his place in, on yeah, 69th yeah, Street. Yeah, that was right when he moved there. in on 69th Street. I had, oh, wait, this was at 69th Street? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, this wasn't when he was living in Brooklyn, wow. Mm, yep. uh, so then, uh, that's now Now I remember, then you were doing, it was like, it was the new Water Street Atelier yeah. sort of private. Right. Which he was thing. bringing it back to, you know, it started in his place in Brooklyn. And then he, when he moved to New York, he kind of, he, he brought it back to his studio. And that must have been an amazing experience to get to see kind of a working artist creating artworks while you're studying at the same time. Like to be able to peek your head into his studio yeah. and that, I mean, the proximity, that, that's the closest thing really, you know, not to an atelier system, but to an apprentice system, yeah. which is what art always was. Yeah, no, I'm most definitely, I consider it when I talk to people about that experience, I do think it was a apprenticeship. I mean, it was just because we, you're there five days a week, you're in the guy's house, there's Tony's. Oh God, Tony. Sorry about that. Everybody's. <laughs> yes. I'm talking, and Tony's like playing on his phone. <laughs> I'm like playing video games. Candy like, Crush. So not interesting. He's got like the words on and words with friends. Yeah. <laughs> candy um, Crush. Sorry. So I apologize for Tony because he won't do it. They're used to me. It's fine. So, yeah, I mean, that's as close as it gets. I mean, Jacob's a successful artist, New York artist. He's a, a realist in the tradition of the old masters. And it was really... Now, philosophically, it was, was it something that you were you know, 
starting to develop more, or mm. is it something that you already knew you wanted? As when I mean philosophically, yeah. it's not only technically, but why you were why you were doing this. Not mm. only for, for the sheer enjoyment of it, but you know, I'm going to dedicate my life to this thing right. and see, you know, see what it does for me as a human being. Well, it's mm. also something that evolves, like of as course. you become a professional. Well, so that aspect of, uh, I guess you could say, art was definitely new. So the idea of like really intense uh, searching about what what we're doing, what we're trying to do. Uh, I don't feel like that existed so much in Minnesota. So it was kind of uh, uh, refreshing to have a mentor who I could kind of connect myself to in a sense and just kind of follow him. Because it was his philosophies actually tied into my upbringing, which is weird because when uh, just the idea that Jacob was um, relatively at that time, I know he's kind of changed a little bit, but he was relatively conservative, mm-hmm. but he was in the heart of New York. You know what I mean? So it was different. When I left a small town, I was thrown into super liberal Minneapolis. So it was like, it was this weird for me going from small town to, okay, Minneapolis. And I had to t- totally adjust to the way people were. And, right. I, and then to like go be thrown into New York and be thrown this, this curveball that I wasn't expecting to study with this guy who I kind of, we, we were able to kind of speak the same language in a sense. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was interesting. How about uh, the other students that were there, uh, the community that was going on in the room? Mm-hmm. Um, was there a connection with the other students, um, the vibe in the room? Everybody, did yeah. you feel like everybody yeah, I mean, was I there for was... the same purpose, that there was a sort of kinship going well, on? Well, that's interesting. Uh, of course so you is. could <laughs> words okay so, <laughs> so this is interesting because as the students got older so being there longer they start to become more rebellious and it was weird because looking back on i remember seeing people who had been there for like four years of water street uh-huh. kind of still dangling on and not knowing what they were going to do and they started to kind of like rebel and try to figure out what what they were going to paint. Like define themselves against <clears throat> yeah. what they right. meant, right? Yeah. It's a scary... Rather than like just being scary. really excited about the situation you're in and, and you know, being... They just... It, it was kind of like... They were, they, they were coming untied. and They didn't know what to do. Cause, right. Yeah. That's, I think, though, I mean, maybe not an unhealthy thing to mm-hmm. get out there and have to, like, re-question everything for yourself and maybe be able to answer those questions for yourself, not based on anything that you've been given mm-hmm. or some tradition that you've happened upon, but rather, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to, like, create something that has real meaning right. to me or to anybody yeah. else? And, you know, that's that's a question that I think everybody has to answer for themselves. I, I mean, I actually yeah, think it's different. a really important process, the floundering mm-hmm. that you do mm-hmm. when you're all of a sudden out there yeah. kind of, that feeling like you're on your own and you don't know what to do mm. that, that feeling, that insecurity. Um, it sounds kind of awesome. Actually. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not when you're there, you, but <laughs> in hindsight, you could well, see, you could see how much of an education you do, you do. So the idea of you, you, you get to a certain point and then you kind of can't go further. You can go further, technically this and all this is where, stuff. This is but where that's where you have to almost you know flounder like i was saying fall fall on your face a bunch of times and it starts 
it starts pushing you the neck to the next level. Yeah, that's an education. Yeah, must and, 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 but yeah. it's such an insecure feeling for so long when, when you're by yourself. But you get I, I don't I don't think you necessarily get through. I mean, you get through it. Uh, there's 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 moments of that that sort of creep in all right, the time. It's always a movie. It's target. always going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But that first initial thing that Mike's talking about is that it's the big one, and you're just like, ooh, and it really it's it's daunting. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I had a little bit different experience, <laughs> and I'll explain Tell why. Us golden boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you're going to be pissed off about okay, this one. Okay. okay. So. I had been studying for like seven years. Right. So I was, I was, by the time I was through about three years with Jacob, three and a half years, I was itching to get out and I was dying to, to say what I wanted to say, kind right. of be. So, so you felt you had a voice at that. Well, point. not that I, the rebellious older students then. Well, no, not really. Um, I think Jacob thought that because <laughs> I wanted to get out. I wanted right. to leave because I was, eager. yeah, it was, I was eager. And he assumed that there were so many students that had gone through the same thing that I just was getting one of those anxious. People, yeah, right. right. So, but I started painting up in uh, Inwood Heights. I just painted my apartment. That's up in with North in Manhattan. North Manhattan. Yeah, in right. Northern Manhattan. And uh, we're worldwide. You know, for everyone outside it's not of New all York, local. right? <laughs> it's Sorry. Not all local. Good light up there. It was yeah, so. It really yeah, is it was, actually. It was. Uh, it was cheaper when I first moved to New York. I started out on 82nd Street, right in front of the Met. Rented a. That's a cheap, yeah, right. Cheap <laughs> but no, and then like the and then I ex- went up to 110th Street, which is at the top of Central yeah, Park. Yeah. And then I was in Harlem on the west side at 126th Street, and then I moved up to 212th Street <laughs> in Inwood Heights. Yeah. And now I currently live in the Bronx. In the Bronx, yeah. <laughs> just keep oh, moving north. Like, yeah, it's like just a really keep, clean yeah. line. You're going to wind right. up in Westchester with Tony. We're eventually going to yeah, be in Westchester. Well. We're in the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, in the Kingsbridge area. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Kingsbridge. Yeah. So, as soon as I... <laughs> <laughs> I know Kingsbridge. <laughs> so, as soon as I got out of school, I just started painting full-time to get into the gallery. And I had my eyes set on either... Um, Arcadia or Eleanor Ettinger. Right, which were the two galleries in New York City that were kind right. of doing yeah. this. Yeah, so Eleanor Ettinger, I had seen my Is friend. Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were They're actually both, both in Soho, yeah. Okay. Um, so I had seen Paul actually work and exhibit Oxborough. at... Oxborough. Yeah, at, uh, at Eleanor Ettinger. Yeah. But there was something kind of interesting, fascinating about Arcadia at the time. They were a little bit more cutting edge compared to Ettinger, and I, I thought that that was a good... Kind of an outgrowth of Ettinger, right? Because yeah. uh, he started right. out, uh, yeah. Steve Diamond started out right. at Ettinger. And he branched out and did his own thing. Uh, so I had my, you know, I was actually painting with the idea of showing works to Arcadia. So I just, I was working on like 10 paintings. I just wanted to get a group of paintings done. And uh, kind of... You were working on 10 paintings. Well, yeah, I mean, there were, there was a couple small ones. I'd finish them, and then I had some bigger stuff, bigger still lifes. And I had a one-bedroom apartment, so in the living room, it was all my studio. So you were getting 10 paintings together? Yeah, so I prepared generally. 10 paintings, and I was... Uh, and did you have an idea of what you wanted to... Like, did you kind of have... No, a, it was, it was tough. Have you ever I mean, sold anything yet, or yeah, this is... Yeah, okay. I did. I had uh, some some success, not a lot. Uh, right was it... Was it Private? No, while I was a student, I'd, student. I'd sold Was it private pieces. stuff or was, was it through galleries? 
private right okay yeah and how also, was that i mean feeling? i could go through the whole thing of like paul toner this gallery and, and oh, God, just, I but I, w- I won't toner. i'll spare that yeah. But <laughs> I, yeah i sold stuff but as that was a, yeah that was i think a big part of jacob's like philosophy right. is that you should be selling even while you're studying just yeah. to get used to like parting right. with the works and get yeah. used to kind of paying your own way and yeah did that feel what, what did that feel like well it was really awesome i mean just to continue kind of where i was going with it is I had prepared these paintings and I was going to get them photographed and mm-hmm. take them to the gallery. But one day I was on the train with the paintings under my arm. They were pretty big. And I thought, why am I taking pictures of the paintings to show to the gallery? Why don't I just take the paintings to the gallery? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Which, only a kid from North Dakota thinks that. But so I, I got off the train. Nobody does that, yeah. And yeah, I went to Arcadia. Yeah. And they were just taking down a show, preparing for a new show. So he wasn't doing anything. And he, he said, yeah, I guess I'll... I'll look at it and, and you open your so, trench coat so, it's funny you did the thing you're not supposed to right, do so I, I took my paintings into arcadia and and uh, no no i mean kind well, of it's just, it was just, just chances of it working right are, are very slim so yeah. it's just like but at the same time it was always this thing presumptuous I'm, I'm, i mean i'm asking what about yes but you know when you get to sir Gal- now it could have been that the galleries right at that point was really new but you know, when you get into established galleries and and you send, you know, and I always... It's a you, very snobby world. It's a yeah, super snobby world. Yeah. So it was if that idea when, it, back in the days, yeah, when yeah. you would send them, um, when you would send them slides, they used to be slides. They, I would talk to galleries and they were like, we have like a pile, we have a, a mm. pretty much a trash can of envelopes <laughs> we never open. Uh-huh. That they just take it and just throw it right in the trash can. <laughs> well, so you didn't give them that chance, right? Like you, you bring the words. Anyone listening, don't do this. Yeah. Don't just drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, maybe they should. Maybe they should. It's, it's, it's like sending, your, it's like sending <laughs> your demo to a record label. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, here's my demo. You know, Mike electro record. He, he went in and sang the song. Yeah, he went in with the guitar. Let me let me let me sing you this song. I understand. It's like going in a song about it. Here it goes. It's like going in with a blue box with your tape. Right. Yeah. I understand. So 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 you. So I went in, so and, 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 and so. <laughs> wait, wait till this next part is awesome. The is awesome. <laughs> I opened up the paintings. Steve put them up against the wall, and he said, "Do you have any more of these?" And I said, "Actually, I do. Yeah, I have ten of them." And he said, "Okay, I want to see them," because he had a trade show in Boston, like the following next couple weekends. So. He framed up quickly my paintings. He took seven to Boston, and I sold six out of seven. Oh, like, man, wow. Amazing. So that was just yeah, good it was, timing. Yeah, wow. it was yeah. really pretty incredible. So that kind of started. You must, have called your mom about yeah. you must have called your parents about that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as time goes on, I just stop calling mom to tell her about stuff. <laughs> one of the things that was pretty cool about it, actually, was uh, just to share more insight into how I did it um was with those sales i was able to pay off my credit cards which one of the things the kind of philosophies i had was i'm not gonna sacrifice i'm not gonna limit my artistic uh, ability just because i can't pay for it so i would like throw stuff on the credit card all the time <laughs> so like buying like the most expensive just buying what i needed and, you know i need right. I, if i need paint i wasn't gonna not buy it I just because well, stuff's expensive. And it's expensive, yeah. And, yeah. and as it, a yeah. student, it's like you, you look at your bank account. That's and you a look, great hat. I gotta, gotta <laughs> own that. <laughs> right. So I didn't. I wasn't st- stupid in that regard. It was. It was definitely for art. But that was one of the cool things. I was able to. I was able to pay, pay off, off that yeah. big debt. It was just like a, you know. So at that point, 
you're now, I mean, you're, you're now, you're a professional artist now. Well, yeah, so I was, I was then working with Arcadia, uh, selling work, and uh, it was kind of a slow start. I mean, I had that initial success, but then um, it wasn't like he just kept moving my paintings. I mean, it was, it was. Well, that's the way, I mean, like you have a big show and you sell a bunch and then you wait two years for your next show and you've got to figure out how to survive in the meantime Uh and also paint for your next show. It's hard. So what were you painting? Um, so I did a couple still lifes and figures of my wife kind of like in interior scenes. Right. I don't know if you guys ever remember a, a picture of my wife exiting a building. She had a big black, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like that was an early that was kind of the that stuff that I started. One? Yeah, that was one of the first paintings I sold in in L in L A when he does those right exhibits. So, but the thing that from there starting to work with them, the next kind of interesting move in my life was to move down to Argentina. That's a big move. So, yeah, right. <laughs> what? So my wife is from right Argentina. We met uh, when I was a student at Jacobs, and. uh the thing that inspired me to to get out of town was uh, financially it was more feasible to live in a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing was I felt like if I just took... Low bar. <laughs> again, yeah. Keep, keep it low. <laughs> so, a little lean-to in, hey, I, I, in the favela. It's beautiful. No, Argentina's beautiful. No, Argentina is amazing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a nice South light studio, That's right? right. Yeah. South light. So the, the plan the was, you can eat. yeah. Well, and all the wine you could drink, and all the wine yeah. you can drink. Yeah. yeah. So the plan was to take what I had learned, which was this incredible craft. And I think that the thing that people get stuck on is they're in New York or in their studio, wherever. And they like start looking at the walls and they're like, okay, what, what the I, hell am I going to do? Gonna <laughs> you know, I have all this talent. What am I going to paint? Right. But sure you can paint, but what are you going to say it, with it? Right. So if, <laughs> if I just went to a new place, not changed anything aesthetically, but my whole environment changed, I knew that I would set myself apart just by the nature because I was, I would be around things that were different. So if you, so you wouldn't have to change your philosophy or right. approach to yeah, making right. art. It's no. just, you're in a new space. Yeah. And so the it was very streamlined. Are, right. I just wow. kept, I just kept plowing forward and, and, uh, it, it worked really well. That's uh, amazing. That's yeah. A that's brilliant, a, that's yeah. an amazing calculation. Thanks. I mean, especially going, I mean, <laughs> well it's played. so, <laughs> it's so very different. You know, yeah. that, that, yeah. that uh, the toilets flush in a different I mean, way. I just, yeah, they, they, they turn and they flush. So, yeah, yeah. Our, our earlier conversation before we were recording, I was we talking about toilet explaining water. about, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, that conversation, was it something that um, your wife brought up and you're like, hey, that's a good idea? Or was it something that you thought no, of and my, said, hey, do you want to, let's go down to Argentina? My wife is a sweetheart. She's always been incredibly supportive and i told her kind of my plan mm-hmm. and she wasn't really excited about going back to her <laughs> she small didn't town want to go back. <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna I, say no were but you, no was it buenos aires it, it was that's what i was gonna say i was gonna explain the small town it was a small town mentality mm-hmm. so in other words these people don't get out of that yeah. place it's it's called merlo and it's a it's provincia mm-hmm. it's province of buenos aires mm-hmm. so um it's like about an hour outside of the city 
So all the intellectuals, all the wealthy people live in the city. Right. It's not like the suburb. No, it, we were in where the the poor people. Not in an estancia. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was just in Argentina. <laughs> yeah. So we were in a poor community, and my wife wasn't excited about going back there. But right. if we were going to buy a house and build a studio, and live off of my salary. It was, you know, it was right. a lot of stuff and you don't know when paintings are going to sell. Yeah. So we had to be wise. And, um, so we went to where her family was and to have that support. Yeah. And yeah, she was a little bit, um, not looking forward to just <laughs> and, being like kind of, she has an incredible story, by the way. My wife is an amazing person. She came to this country. Did not, she study, she studied film. Uh, no, film? actually she's just, she's, naturally talented and was able to pick up what I had taught her. And, and so, oh. but, uh, she studied culinary arts actually in, oh, in Buenos yeah, Aires. Right, right. So, um, and you didn't, did you, ha, did you know any Spanish? I didn't know any Spanish. So you're going to go there and just be like, all right, I'm really going to isolate myself. My family was worried about that actually. They, and so, um, they were like seeing that I wasn't super good in school. They were a little bit worried that I wouldn't pick it up. Right. Learning a new language, Michael being in the, no, they well, just thought. Well, it's kind of it, sink or swim when you're there, right? Right. Yeah. right. yeah. Is that what you were counting on? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But and at the same time, were you like, well, I, I don't really want to dedicate all my time to, you know, learning the culture and learning the language. And all. I just mm. want to paint. So did that ever come Well, that's up what I head? did. And, and the, the language was a thing that um, happened because my wife had to travel back and forth because she was big going to be a citizen and it was kind of interrupting that process oh so she was up coming up here regularly so she had to come yeah so i at at the onset i was just left down there (laughs) 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 so my wife came back to new york and i was with the family and i was just this red-headed red-headed blue-eyed guy like hey (laughs) if i needed something i had to ask for it and I, i never uh studied i just picked everything up on the street and and yeah, I learned I speak, Spanish on the streets. Right, right. So I speak fairly well. I mean, I don't know. I've never spoke to you guys. Right. Can I, you conjugate verbs and all that stuff? Most or? definitely. Wow. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I had the interview with Antonio Lopez. Oh, right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And you did that You in, did that all in Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. yeah so actually, I wanted to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. You started your own video magazine. Right. And called American Painting Video Magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so that was a, a little bit later. Uh, that was after... Being in Argentina for four years, I had two solo exhibitions in, in Soho, which did okay. Right. They, they weren't like uh, a Lip King sellout show. Right. Jeremy Lip King, yeah. everyone knows. Uh, but they were they were good, you know, especially for the situation I was in right. in Argentina. I was definitely tagged as the rich American. <laughs> so I didn't go out at night very often. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they're just sitting there licking their chops and they see you walking down the street. They're like, definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, all these gauchos. <laughs> so yeah, the American Painting Video Magazine, that, that whole idea came from um, the desire to come back to New York and kind of fulfill something that I had felt was missing down in Argentina. Like I I felt like I was distant. So I wanted to create something where people didn't have to feel that way. I always felt Mm. like um, when, when you moved down there and I remember being aware of it and watching what you were painting and going to your shows and being amazed by the paintings you were creating, but also feeling 
envious of the fortitude to go isolate yourself like that. Mm -hmm. I always felt for me that being part of the community up in New York is kind of, it's, it's essential to me kind of feeling like I'm continually being like re-inspired and mm -hmm. re-engaging the same mm -hmm. questions. Almost and like a security blanket a, or something like that. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like the art fantasy or like whatever creative person's fantasy of like going to a cabin in the woods. Well, I love that yeah. idea, but then or if you're a songwriter like going I, and isolating yourself and writing, a, you know, writing, yeah. my wife and I were pretty hard. close to mm -hmm. moving away. I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe mm -hmm. six years ago. I can't remember. But, uh, and at first I was really interested in the idea and then, there wasn't really an art community around there. And when it got closer to like really pulling the trigger on it, I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. Like I can't, um, it's just terrifying yeah. to me. And sure. I was always really envious of that. Was that there an art community in Buenos Aires at all? There wasn't at all. And, and, uh, if, but see, that's, you're a New Yorker mm -hmm. and I'm from the boonies. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so like, it wasn't very difficult for me to kind of go back to right. a more isolated way of living. Right. Uh, but there was a point where it started to kind of, I felt like when you're always looking from a distance, you feel like it's, it's like always greener on the other side. Right. Of the you yeah, know, I just right. felt like if I, if I were back, maybe I could accomplish more. Right. So you and, stayed four years? Yeah. So that was in. Was, was that kind of the plan though? Or. No. I mean, at, were you gonna at this point. Stay down there. At this point, I wasn't. Um, as rigid in my planning. It was a little bit more flexibility, more freedom. Like, to hey, I'll see how it goes. Right. Maybe. So we were like, we, we had always kind of dreamed of being able to travel back and forth. And to this day, we just haven't been able to do it because every time we pick up and, and go, there's always a schedule that sure. starts to happen. Right. Sure. And you can't just like bounce back and forth. It gets so, harder and harder. Right. So when you yeah. were down there, um, that idea of moving forward with your, with your, technique and everything mm -hmm. but what did you find down there um inspiration wise and i don't necessarily mean physical but spiritual or something like that like you, you started painting mm -hmm. flowers yeah. a lot and and they're and they're some i mean they're some of the best flower paintings i i've Thanks, seen man. and and uh how did that i mean how did that so come the, about? the spiritual stuff kind of comes later but it definitely happened while i was in argentina because i was around um uh, I, I was existing in the environment, so I had a garden, and I was constantly like kind of thinking about nature, right. wondering, thinking about beauty, and kind of wondering why I was drawn to beauty as a as a real thing that I could like almost feel. It wasn't just this um, idea that you can either yeah everyone has their point of view. No, I, I felt that it was actually very real. Like uh, so. That that whole search for truth and everything in my in my life comes later. I I was still very um, almost art for me was extremely idolatrous. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was like pushing towards the gods. You know, I was right. like pursuing the thing that was gonna you know satisfy my craving. So it was like, okay, next step. I've had solo exhibitions. I'm gonna start up you know, entrepreneur, I'm going to make right. a business of this. And so APVM, the American painting video magazine was, uh, was a, a kind of a, a way to pursue that. Well, and also to, like you were starting to say before, uh, like, uh, maybe reach out to people who were not in New York and maybe bring right. them in a little exactly. closer, right? Yeah. Like yeah. create, uh, right. 
Most I don't definitely. know, feelers from this world out to right. everybody everywhere else. What I saw happening was that everyone goes to a school and they have this experience at school, but then they eventually move back to where they're from or something draws them away from the community and they start to feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Right. And so with the internet, it was a way to tell the story and bring people back together. So. Now, I, I, I don't remember if, if I just made this up, but mm-hmm. was it Antonio Lopez's Garcia's movie, uh, was it Dream, Dream of Light? Of Light? Mm-hmm. Did that have something to do with, like, oh, it could be in this film form? That was for the DVD production that I had done. Okay. So that's where my wife filmed and did that. She helped me out with that. Uh, so you kind of, that happened... Um, but at the, I, I guess the that, idea is like at this point you you didn't you didn't have video experience. So okay, yeah. So to <laughs> to back it up, <laughs> right? So to back it up, in when I was still in Argentina after my first exhibition, yeah. I took money from the show and I invested in film stuff. Yeah. And at the time, it was really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and buying it in Argentina was even more expensive because they have to yeah I know, <laughs> they have to so charge taxes. This? this was in like two thousand nine. Yeah. So I produced a film that was, uh, it was, I, I, from my understanding, it was the first quote unquote instructional documentary. I kind of coined that <laughs> and then other people used it. <laughs> so you heard it on. Just <laughs> <laughs> a donation. <laughs> but anyway, the idea was to create a film that would educate. So it was to throw in a little bit of, um, talking about my technique, but I've never been uh, one to teach or... So I wanted to teach with visual aid. So the, f- the film was going to show... When you like a dry tutorial. Right. I'd always kind of been like watching these instructional DVDs and Bob putting Ross. it on mute. Right. Because I, I just wanted to watch them. <laughs> right, right. I just want to watch you paint, buddy. <laughs> Shut up and paint. Shut up. They would always say the stupidest stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right. We don't know, we don't hard, know what that, by the way. We don't know what that's like. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to not say stuff. the stupid stuff when you're talking. <laughs> we have like, no you know, idea yeah. what that's like. So the idea was to, to uh, be inspired by Antonio Lopez with his film. But then one of the things that frustrated me about his film was he didn't finish the piece. Right, right. So I wanted to show yeah, the entire... Yeah, this is not a tutorial right. at all. I wanted to show the entire process from start to finish of a painting that would hang in a gallery. Right. So that's what the um, flower painting like a, DVD was, and that's where my first experience with film, shoot, yeah, shooting stuff. There's a real like romantic sense of everything, how it's like how he cuts down the canvas and how mm-hmm. he stretches the can. Like there's a there's a romance to it all, and I feel like that's something that in your filmmaking, mm-hmm. both with APVM and mm-hmm. and with your your uh, your the DVD. documentary mm-hmm. video instructional documentary. <laughs> instructional documentary. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like that's something that you've definitely been kind of emulating and, and or, or cultivating. That yeah, most definitely. Um, like finding the romance in these things that as painters, I think a lot of us, like we take it for granted that mm-hmm. it's sort of mundane. And when we talk like technical stuff, I think I'm often surprised at how many people from outside our world are really like riveted and mm-hmm. interested in those, you know, those discussions. Right. So that aesthetic part actually probably comes from uh, Whistler. So how many people are familiar with James McNeil, Whistler? Yeah. No. So he was always a stickler about aesthetic, 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 aesthetic. Right. And I loved Whistler. And so like I've just gotten into the habit of anything you do, you should 
do it beautifully. Think about it, yeah, and, and do it in, in a way of uh, grace and beauty. And so. my, um, my aunt, this is kind of more of it, she was on her deathbed. It was like the last story she told me was of her father, so my great-grandfather, who came over from Sicily, and he was a musician. He was the youngest person ever uh, solo at Teatro Massimo in Palermo. Huh. Um, and, you know, coming over from Sicily at the time, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have any faith in, in women ever doing anything. Like, mm-hmm. so he had two sons. One was a doctor. The other was an engineer. And then he had a daughter, uh, my aunt, who he just, uh, you know, he, he kind of wrote her off. He mm-hmm. wouldn't let her do anything. And then one day he was like potting plants. She would always ask if she could help, if she could do it. And he'd always say no. He was potting plants and she let, he let, he said yes. And she was shocked, but, you know, helped or tried to. And yeah. just like, I don't know, she kind of started to pull the plant out of one pot and put it in another, and there was some, Mm -hmm. like, dirt spilling, and he, like, snatched it away. He was furious. He was like, everything has to be done beautifully. Mm -hmm. Like, that dirt, that soil is that plant's family. It's its Mm -hmm. home, and it's all got to go in the pot. You can't spill, like, a grain of dirt. And she said that lesson, I mean, she was a little girl, stuck with her for the rest of her life. It was just that one lesson that, like, everything should be done beautifully. There should be a beautiful process yeah. to anything. Yeah, and, and I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't know if I've been totally successful at it, but the idea has always stuck with me. And just like every stage I teach in my workshops, that every stage of a painting should be beautiful. Right. <laughs> You're not going to get to something beautiful if you start out and it looks like... Right. So if you, you like... Know. yeah. So you have to like, there has to be this evolving beauty the whole process so I mean, the from the, the fir- recording process too everything has to be a strong foundation if you don't put down mm-hmm. a good drum part right the record will never sound good yeah right yeah. yeah i mean i think that's something um philosophically that we all agree on mm-hmm. i mean i think that's why we're all friends mm-hmm. or when we meet somebody that we admire um a lot of times whether they're artists or in a different field of the arts is that there's that kinship mm-hmm Generally, you know, or yeah. if they're not saying that exact word, the the ideas there, it's just, you know, maybe a word or two is off, but they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. But you That's find kind of it with into. like chefs or yeah. skateboarders. Yeah. I mean, I was always fascinated by the, the fact that Jacob and I come from entirely different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be, you know, couldn't be more different. I was born in North Dakota and he's, you know, Upper East Side guy and extremely intelligent and but we just we agree and you know we search for the same thing in art and it was like when i was in argentina i'd always say there's something very profound to that that two people from completely different backgrounds can like speak the same language it's just you know so i started thinking about if that's true then why am i so convicted about it so in other words, if I believe that beauty is important, why do I care so much? Why do I think that people should tap into this and, and study it? And so that's when the whole kind of search for the idea that truth existing or that it actually mattered or mm-hmm. any of that. That's it's just it all started because I kept saying to myself, can I really spend my entire life doing something that isn't valuable? I mean, you know, I was really questioning that. Like, if everyone Why says... Why is it not valuable? I don't understand. Well, like, for instance, so if everyone says that things are relative, so 
um, if I take a can of literally uh, feces and, and present that as art, if that's just as valuable to someone as the uh, Sistine Chapel or anything like that, I, I just feel like, really? I mean, so that's where I started to to question it and just say, is this my opinion or is this actually something that that is existing outside of my own opinion? Was that new because you hadn't been challenged with that you know, up to that point. Right. right. So and this so, probably is coming from the influence of being in a gallery in Soho. Right. And looking around at other <laughs> and galleries. And I was kind of and, feeling like right. I was walking on, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, fragile sure. ground. Right. <laughs> so I was, I was thinking about a lot of stuff and you just get into the art world and you, you have to ask the question, you know, like, is what I'm doing valuable, even if the world says it's not, or, you know, can or I? Can I do something honest in a corrupt right. world? Right. Yeah. So all that stuff just starts to enter into your head, and and um, so basically, and when I came back to New York, uh, I started taking things a bit more serious. Uh, getting older, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Philosophically, the idea right. of like yeah, what, just like what I, you're doing with your the, work. It was no longer it, it was no longer questioning. It was like I really want to figure this stuff out. Right. And so naturally, that just led me to get more into studying theology and things right. of of. And did faith. that also was that also leading you into doing APVM where you're interviewing other artists and kind of asking those questions of them or not really that the, not? the, the whole, um, pursuit of APVM was when I was entirely secular. So it was just, it was this desire to keep pushing the ball forward. It, okay. had, it, it wasn't so much of the truth pursuit that was kind of on the back burner. Right. So, um, so my, my world's kind of collided in, 2010 because I grew up uh, my father was a dentist his grandparents were Catholic and uh, he was always like saying I'm not gonna raise my kids the way my uh, the way I was raised right so he was proud of his secular kind of yeah. uh, you know so I always kind of carried the torch and I was just I, I felt like I was so uninfluenced by any of those stupid religious people <laughs> and so I was really proud of being who I was and not having any background at all. I had like right. never been in a church, but then I, I started to realize that I just, I had my own issues <laughs> of just being like a little, you know, a little devil and just a little wicked, you know? So it, it just, it became a Punk. problem <laughs> right. because if you, if you raise somebody kind of with no, there was always the the strict tradition of my grandparents that stuck with me, but if you just think that you have no one to, you know, hold yourself accountable to, right? You just you do, you know, bad stuff, I guess. You know, so you're just not you're not as you're not as loving as you could be. I just when I was um, going through this entire process, I would step over basically anyone I needed to 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 get. I was really all about being successful. It was like I had my eye on the doing prize. this. And you get there however you get yeah, there. Yeah, right. So I was I was kind of a jerk. I mean, I would just, it was it was whatever I, mean, I needed to do. I from was, what I understand, a lot of the people in the art world, that's exactly, right, yeah. I mean, that, that right. continues that's, and that's right. exactly what's working for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <for the, laughs> so, when you, actually, when you were, a quick, quick rewind, mm -hmm. when you were in um, Argentina, 
Um, did you run into anybody? Did you that sort of had a the same kind of philosophical idea of like truth or not really or beauty was... or anything? Meaning, did you did you talk to people about this, or was it mm. all inner discussion? Because a lot of times yeah. with with my own learning, it's like I have these ideas, I, I, I have that inner monologue with myself, but then you talk to other people mm. and you get certain stuff out that you might not be able to do by yourself. And then they go back at you with something mm. else and you're like, I didn't even think about that. And then that gets added to like the... the yeah, the there, there was a, a huge person, um, you know, huge influence that it, you, you wouldn't expect it, but uh, my father-in-law who... Grew up extremely poor. He lost both of his parents when he was a teenager, just randomly, one after the other. He grew up with his cousins. Uh, he ended up finding his faith, becoming uh, a Christian when he was like 20. So when I was down there, I had this example of my father-in-law, and he was super loving, super patient, and he, and he was always looking towards this idea of no matter what happens here he was always really excited about what is to come <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I always thought it was so amazing because i didn't ever think that way i was like right. you know here i'm painting super hard and and i'm, I'm making money and 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 he uh, he's going to church and i'm thinking Okay, it's because he didn't have an education. I didn't have any clue. I was just like, you know, he keeps talking about Jesus. <laughs> and and I thought he was just like, but he was he was so loving and so caring and his example just kept penetrating and it, you know, it was like, wow, this you know, what could I say? I mean, he would get upset, remain positive. You know, it was like it was constantly like his testimony was really yeah. powerful. So, that was kind of an element you know I, I had that um, my wife had stepped away completely from church she wasn't uh, interested really but then once I started kind of saying maybe we should think about these things and she was all on board she was like sure if, if, <laughs> if you're interested I'll, I'll go or whatever so we just kind of went in that direction and do you think that that changed the way that you looked at your paintings or changed what you painted like yeah, it, it was um, a really uh, fascinating experience. It was difficult. It was a whirlwind because my world was turned upside down completely. Uh, as I had mentioned earlier, painting was idolatry for me. So it was like everything was about painting in my life. Mm -hmm. And so then to have something kind of become more important, because my wife and I don't have kids, so maybe this happens to you guys with your children, but... Mm, uh, I did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, explaining. <laughs> it's funny, because Ted, before you got here, Ted and I were talking, we had this, like, funny back and forth about kids. And, uh, but it, in truth, though, like, we, yeah. we, oh, I mean, we, we always, like, make up really funny stuff, but mm. in truth, it was one of the weird, really kind of mind-blowing awakenings I mm. had is when we when I had my daughter mm. that and I don't know if this is just nature coming in and just shaking me up right. but um and of course painting and all these the normal things are still very important to me but it made you realize how oh yeah there's bigger things sure. you know like right. and it, for yeah, me it, right. was, it was her and that's so important I think I mean it's just and it it's was like, scary and it was yeah. important but it 
and there was a sort of freedom, a little mm. bit of freedom too. I mean, it's hard. It's harder to have time to paint now. Of mm. course, you know that. That's just the way the world is. Mm. But oh it God, made it's so much harder. It's so much harder. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it made it almost made the painting. Um, it put it in its place in a weird way, right. and in, right. in a way that was great because painting at that point was just sort of this like this obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. thing or it was this thing that I was supposed to do because I can do it and it would be wasted talent if I didn't work as hard as it. And all that stuff is still very important, but it was weird to have it put it in its place. Mm-hmm. It was always like the leader yeah. and then it just kind of got like, like sideswiped mm-hmm. for a second and, and it put it in, in the perspective, I guess is what really opened me up. So as you guys can probably, um, you know, understand is as time goes on you learn how to control and manage this life-changing experience (laughs) (laughs) so for me at the beginning quite but we're trying (laughs) at the beginning i was like so i mean i wanted to hop on a plane and go you know on a mission i was just like it was really weird i like didn't care about painting and it was it was like all of a sudden it was just like but really i, I mean is this happening to me have, have, am i going crazy you know and i it's it was all kinds of emotions and um and i i'm very thankful now that i just i feel like i've after four years i've started to learn that there's there's a purpose for everything and and, and that you can you you can pursue what you love and you can affect people and, mm-hmm. and affect people in a good way. So I'm, but I'm w- w- uh, tell me if, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to guess mm-hmm. that when you were able to have a little bit of perspective, cause it mm-hmm. sounded like you were in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see, you know, it's hard to see the tree from the trees from the forest mm-hmm. type of thing. But, uh, when you had a little bit of perspective, I'm going to guess that you saw that painting was actually very important. That it's right. a part exactly. of you. Right. That it's yeah. something that is, I don't want to use the word because it's like we're, you know, but it, it's a it's a beautiful thing mm. by itself. It's a righteous thing. Mm. Like to be able to create something beautiful, to mm. create something from, you know, nothing or something like that. I, I don't know. But the idea, so mm. I'm assuming that you were just like, whoa, it's not like not important because you are going, you are going on this mm. one trip. You actually... I'm going to guess you realize that it's incredibly important now. Painting is very important. It's extremely important. I mean, I always use the example, if you were to go to the Amazon and try to educate a tribe, you know, of people who, what are you going to teach them? (laughs) You always have a worldview. You always have information that Uh. you feel is important. So when people try to say that, um, everything is relative. You just don't, 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 um, you know, don't hurt me. I won't hurt you. You're already entering into a worldview, a, a, a way of viewing life and you already have an opinion. So it's like, no matter how you try to escape it, if you say that everyone should be open-minded, you're already saying that those people who hold to a, a more strict, uh, <laughs> you're already saying that Right. You're, you're isolating, like right? You're isolating people, and you're not being open-minded. Right. <laughs> so you're like shunning a whole group of people, and and so it's very tricky, you know. So everyone um, automatically has their own position; they just don't realize it. Right? You know? Is your work visually the visual of it? Mm-hmm. Is it changing? Like, are, not really, meaning, because the people I do know 
who are doing, who are really faith-based mm-hmm. people who do artwork. Mm-hmm. It becomes, and I'm not saying it's bad mm-hmm. at all, but they rehash what, right. let's say, the the old masters were doing visually, meaning they're just trying to do the same um, kind of iconic scenes of, mm-hmm. right. you know, the manger no. scene or people on a procession or, you know, things. And I, and, and I love that stuff, you know, the old ma- with the, mm-hmm. you know, I love old master, mm-hmm. you know, Biblical religious stuff. icon mm-hmm. paintings. I love them. But I'm like, is, are, is, are you, I'm not saying you, but mm-hmm. is somebody who would now be a faith-based painter, mm-hmm. is that what they're going to do now just to kind of rehash it? Or is there something, a new visual language right. that well, isn't going to be so. They so- shouldn't. And I feel like that's part of my role and our calling is that, um, and I think if anyone is familiar with the writings of C.S. Lewis, I think he was able to get people to see a greater truth and influence people through his art in a very... Through uh, a lion. Yeah, right. <laughs> through a, a very... A wardrobe. <laughs> sophisticated. So um, to connect it back into to something that I think our listeners who are these hardcore artists who are in their studios who aren't people of faith will be excited about well, is... Some are. Some are, Some are, yeah. But I mean, if, if right. they're not, then I want to get their attention because I think that there's something that Antonio Lopez was doing mm-hmm. and that Andrew Wyeth was doing and Jacob is doing and that tapped in to a pursuit of truth that even if they don't share my faith, just because we have a differing opinion doesn't mean that the thing that is at the center of the table doesn't that doesn't change so so in other words um beauty is something that is real and i have a different opinion of where or who to attribute that to but the idea is that it's real and it's meant to be studied as if so for instance da vinci or any of these guys they were put rembrandt they were pushing towards this ideal or, or they were searching for something much deeper than just going to a school learning a technique and trying to paint a picture that someone's interested, you know, right, it was, it was right. over their couch or something. Right. Like that, yeah. yeah. So, um, I feel like it connects into everything that I had liked before. I just didn't, it was like my art. I felt, I feel that it was very superficial. So now I see it as being much deeper, right. you know? So I was looking at the rose before, I was very fascinated by the rose. I was very fascinated by beauty. But then to think that that is here with us, right. that we get to enjoy that for a purpose, it, it just makes it that much greater, that that I'm participating in something right. that was actually meant so it's like to be there. You're finding a new outlook or a new, a new perspective on painting basically the same kinds of subjects that you were painting before. You're just finding like a higher meaning in it for you basically yeah it's just it's just reassurance that it's valuable right (laughs) so So. is that part of the difference between what you found when you came to new york and that unquantifiable thing that you couldn't put your finger on when you got here do you know now what it was you said when you were a student yeah right well no okay so when i was a student that whole thing it was actually that's more technical and i was referring to um when i had came to visit um, Jacob and interview with him and go through Water Street. I went to the Met as well and studied the paintings. And there was something 
that was connecting Jacob to the old masters, and I didn't know what it was at the time. Right. But it's actually the conceiving of form, right. understanding form in your mind and having that come out in your painting. So, yeah, it was a, it was a technical thing, but yeah. I didn't have a clue what it was. Right. Because I had been copying values for years. Yeah. And it was all about lighter, darker, lighter, darker. Right. It was never about getting into the picture and like conceiving and thinking, of like, it. And like thinking of this. Right, right, right. So when I, I was like, Jacob didn't mention anything about his lineage. And I've been having lineage like shoved down my right. <laughs> you know, for this whole four, what, three and a half years in Minnesota. And, and I didn't see any connection. And I, again, not to offend anyone, I'm just being very right. sincere, and, and I know this is recorded and it's going out, but I just, I felt like there wasn't the same kind of um, connection back to the old masters with the, the Minnesota school, maybe to Boston, like right. with what was happening in Boston in early 20th century, most yeah. definitely, but Paxton studied with Jerome. Jerome. And, and Bunker, too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So Bunker's amazing. You connect into the academic tradition and you realize that it, it we were going about it backwards in Minnesota. <laughs> so these artists who had studied in you, Paris, yeah, you were they were influenced by the Impressionists later on. Much later. Right. So they had this strong foundation of drawing. Right. You know, and, and, and just, it, you look at Sargent or any, you know, those guys are, they're just like existing in a world of form. Yeah. They're not copying values, you know. Yeah. the the. Well, it's, Sargent it's, also was less, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really settle in Boston and he didn't get quite as, I mean, he, he hung out with Monet and, and painted some, but his paintings, it's hard to, for me to describe the, his paintings as impressionist, whereas mm -hmm. a lot of the American impressionists right. actually yeah. kind of, uh, Paxton too, it's hard to say that he's an impressionist. He's fairly I, academic. Yeah, but he's pretty he's academic pretty to me. I, I, really? I, yeah. yeah. Well, his well, color definitely, neo, like, there's a neo -classic, I would say he was more of, like, a neoclassicist. He was a little weird. I, I'm not a fan of Paxton's work, really. I mean, I don't want to be... When he's on, though... I don't want to be too harsh. pretty right. good. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I mean... When he's on, it's like, wow, yeah. that's a it's that's true. pretty amazing But there was painting. something that was passed on from Paxton, aesthetically, that just... I mean, it like infiltrated it, all of Minnesota, it, and I would yeah, have rather yeah. had Tor, uh, Edmund Torbell. But I think also fundamentally, there's there's like a almost like polar opposites in terms of what they're doing. I think that when you when you go back, probably before academic, you know, like nineteenth century art, mm -hmm. but if you go back farther, painting was about was about the form. It was about kind of constructing a thing. You know, like right. Rubens yeah. is about like you know, yeah. deconstructing anatomy and then putting a person right. back together on the yeah. canvas. It's about well, the, they, the, the person. They had to because there wasn't cameras. Right, it's, <laughs> they're putting together the thing. The subject is the thing they're painting. It's the person. It's the bowl of fruit. It's whatever. It's the thing they're painting. It's it's mm -hmm. like it's this substance that they're painting versus the Impressionists, which are all about the light. The, like light illuminates everything and it becomes, the light becomes the subject and it, you know, light, like if you go outside, it can decimate form. It can just like eat right through it. And mm. I think th there's, they're just like right. radically different ways of thinking, just approaching painting and thinking about what painting is mm -hmm. and what the subject of a painting is. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that again is just, um, how, um, how we think about things really is how, whatever we, um, believe or whatever we conceive is and then we create something that's a direct manifestation of, of our worldview so if you hold form like 
as something to be regarded as valuable, mm-hmm. then when you start to loosen up in your brushwork, and it's happened to me with like the impressionist, so you start to loosen up, then you're entering into a world where you say, okay, where is the limit? Right. You know, what? at what point does this become not good? <laughs> so, you know, so rather than thinking like we went to a, a show the other day of a Chinese calligrapher and and they talked about this idea of like harnessing all this energy and having it come out in the brushstroke. And I think about that a lot because if if I paint a, a petal of a, uh, a flower. I'm, That's like powerfully calligraphic. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get everything in one stroke, and I and I think you could relate that to probably like someone like Sargent or something. But mm-hmm. um, the idea is that it doesn't just become looser. You still have a form, right. you know. It, you're still executing something, and so you want to. If you don't have some kind of something to hold you in to a, a some kind of structure, then you go entirely by your emotion. And your emotion's going to throw you all over the place. You're going to, oh, I'm loving this. You know, it's like, you're, I feel like such an artist. <laughs> well, you have to like pick and choose your, your moments. To... And that's what everyone justifies. And this happens all the time. The second it gets difficult, they're like, I, I think I like to paint a little bit looser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I and that's see, like, yeah. the, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, actually you're really close minded because you think that form matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever and said they, that to you. Pat, no, I'm just saying <laughs> just from observing like how people act and then they pat themselves on the back because they're like, yeah, actually this is so much more sophisticated to think that like I, those people who paint really tight or just close minded act. Yeah. yeah. Loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> it's rock and so, roll. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm as obsessive as somebody like Sergeant. Uh, but if there's a bad brushstroke, I definitely scrape it off Take and it off. redo it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's a mediocre one, I'll live with it. I mean, it's, yeah, right. It's let's not get crazy here with this beauty stuff. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. Now is painting from life now, is it, is it an absolute, Imper- is it imperative that you paint from life? That's a good question. Um, because you know, the, of that uh, idea of like that searching the, the debate. I mean, it's it's a debate that we'll bring up a lot because right. I do think there's, and I've heard good arguments mm-hmm. in both both ways, but it is something that on this I, podcast, on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. But it, there is something for me, for me personally, mm. uh, for me personally. You know, when somebody says, oh, it's, it's phot- photography is a tool, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, it could be a tool. Absolutely. But then they say that, and mo- not all the time, because there are people who do amazing stuff, and I'm like, I don't care. It looks amazing, mm-hmm. and I love it, and I don't care how it was right. done. There's, a lo- there's plenty of that, and I'll, I'll appreciate that as much as anything else. But I do think a lot of people say it's a tool, and I'm like, no, no, it's the source. Mm-hmm. You're you're claiming it mm. as a tool, where in my opinion, well, I think it's the source, and it's not it, the tool anymore. It may turn into the source, but it may not have been the source for some people. If yeah. they see something fascinating, the source is nature, and then they they take a picture, and then that becomes their memory of it. So then it kind of becomes the source. But yeah, um, and I, and I know that's tricky, but. And I, I'm not trying to like get you know oh you got to be honest about it not you I'm saying mm. somebody you know one who's doing it I do think you can use let's say maybe use the f- 
photograph and it not be the source. It's just a reminder, like you were saying. It could be, it could be um, whether it's like a placeholder or just like it jogs a memory of mm-hmm. what the what it was. But I think I was telling Ted, or I don't even know if I said it on this podcast. Um, I was working on on a painting, and I and I really want to know what it. One of the animal, it was, there was an animal in a painting. Mm. It was a rhinoceros. So I was like, I'm going to the uh, to the Museum of Natural History, and I'm going to sketch and paint the run, run You know, their stuff. But down to the Bronx Zoo. Those things don't I, move well, around much. Well, I did actually. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that too. But I did. I went to. I went down to Philly. They had mm. a rhino, and I went up to the Bronx Zoo. That's good. Different, different species. But what what, mm. what I saw is this: is that while I was there for a, a couple of days painting, because mm. I actually brought a little Peshad box and I was painting. Most of the people would come by, not even look at the rhino. They take a photo of it, look at their photo, mm. and walk away. Yeah. So they never experienced right. it. So I'm not saying that you could, but the point is, is I think most people, because we're so, we're so into the, um, the, the scale mm-hmm. of the TV image or the photo image, that square, that they now, they've learned to just accept that as reality. Sure. You know what I mean? It's so become so, part of our culture. And, 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 and I'm not, and I'm not immune to it. I have a iPhone. I have a phone. I, I watch movies. I love well, that stuff. But back to the idea mm-hmm. of like, is it, are you, are you looking at nature or are you, is that the source and you're using a photography mm-hmm. as just like a reminder, mm-hmm. which people claim, mm-hmm. or is the ph- photograph the source mm-hmm. of the art? And that, was where I'm a little like, I don't, I don't, I'm not for me. Yeah. So here's, here's my opinion of it. And I think, uh, I think if you become religious about it, it's a bad thing. So in other words, if people somehow feel ashamed of it, Mm -hmm. that's a bad thing because it's, it's not, it's not bad. You can do whatever you want, but if you convince yourself that you can get the same effect that the old masters could get by using photography, you're, you're deceiving yourself. So in other words, you have to understand... Not according to David Hockney. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I love, I love that new movie, uh, uh, Tim's Tales Rimmer. Rimmer. I haven't, have I haven't seen, seen it either. You guys, so. I totally get on, have to see you it. you got to see Wait, it. But anyway. I, I saw online, I pulled up an image of his Vermeer versus the real Vermeer. Like a high-res version of it? It wasn't particularly high-res, but uh-huh. it was not particularly good either. The drapery but it's was impressive, pretty horrible. I've heard. Okay, but you're you're looking at it from an extremely sophisticated viewpoint. So oh, I like the thing. are we talking? <laughs> are we talking to the same person? <laughs> but so okay. Shut so, up, Tony. <laughs> if you are inspired by the old masters and uh, want to try to figure out how they're painting, you have to take into light that they were not working from photography. So. Sure. Right. So then if you're inspired by the naturalists, well, then by all means, you could say, look, if I want to be pure to the naturalist, then I can print out a little four by five black and white image and I'll use that as my reference. Yeah. But if you want to, here's where it gets 21st century. If you want to take a high def, large file and blow it up on a big plasma or, 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 or screen and zoom in and think that you're going to get the same thing that the that that you were first inspired by when you started this you're you're lying to yourself because what happens is it becomes a art of itself it becomes sub photorealistic 
it becomes, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's its own beast, you know, it, and, and you realize that, um, I think a lot of people are okay with like with they're that. I mean, most they're definitely they're, they, 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 form, they, right. that, yeah that's not right. really right. and that's, that's not bad not right you're talking about though. right that's not bad you can do like a, I've seen people do amazing right. stuff that I'm like I can't do that well also <laughs> the point I mean you know I certainly was inspired by old masters initially mm-hmm. and continue to be but and and I you know I don't. I, I can't even explain necessarily entirely why I'm not interested in working from photographs. I just there's a process that I'm chasing that I just interests me. Mm. But uh, I'm not necessarily still trying to emulate what the old masters like the look or the. Yeah. But I am definitely interested in maybe the the difference in the way that our eye sees and our mind perceives things Most versus definitely. like a camera, which I do, I do think it's different. And I, I do think that the, the mechanism by which we see is just innately organic. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, maybe that's probably why I don't, I don't do it myself. Although I, I mm-hmm. don't judge people who do like, I, I like a lot of people's paintings who, right. who do, I do think yeah, that it, it really doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter in the end, especially for the collector. Nobody cares. But there's what happens is there's something going on that we're not talking about. And see, that's where it, when we have these conferences and we have these meetings um, with magazines or publishers or whoever, and, and we're trying our galleries and we're trying to figure out what, what we're all doing. Yeah. And the thing that no one talks about is uh, when you, let's say when I'm down in Argentina, and I go into the studio in the morning, and my family sees me go into the studio. They know I'm by myself in there. And I'm all day staring at an apple or like a flower or right. a, a pitchfork or whatever it is. What are you doing in there? Oranges like, on a table. He's staring at the pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> he won't stop looking at the pitchfork. <laughs> but the idea is Call that I'm not, I'm not just a void like as a as a. A, a, a moron you know like it just staring on a blank wall i'm actually partaking in something very fascinating which would be what i think is a kind of an act of worship so to have human time be valuable and, and what we do and what we're i i much rather spend time with my friends out landscape painting than painting a landscape alone in the studio from a photo yeah. Right. Because you're yeah. experiencing this life the smells, experience. Yeah. The, you're, the, the all the, your senses, yeah, everything. Somebody it's used like, the phrase recently uh, that painting is a record of experience. I love mm-hmm. that phrase. That's like, awesome. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think the the if we want this kind of art to gain uh, traction, we, we just have to educate on uh, maybe uh, a deeper level about w- why I would want to spend a month of my life actually doing staring this. at a pitchfork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, honey, the morons in the garage again with the pitchfork. <laughs> Beating. <laughs> you know what? I mean, just to, I remember when you had that, um, you had that one painting, it was a stack of, you know, it was pretty much like a, a pile of sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I and love I'm that like, painting. and, and when you did it, I was like, Ah, you know, he took a pile of sticks and he made it really beautiful beautiful. and you would just, you know, and it's one of those, those moments of, 
of why that experience and it just mm. felt like you just you were in the studio and you saw it and you sort of said you know there's something beautiful or bundled them beautifully and yeah, i was actually, I was actually outside and... uh we had just cut down a tree and that, that my brother-in-law had stacked up a pile of sticks like that and uh i said adiel could you take that pile of sticks and put it in the studio <laughs> and, <laughs> and don't I, change the arrangement of I, a single uh, branch <laughs> that's what i said i said whatever you did there <laughs> do it in the studio because i knew that they have a they have a technique to yeah it. i mean if you look at the painting it's interesting that um you always put the heavy branches on the bottom right. you know the big you can't just like throw it right so you gotta like have order so you start to stack it on the bottom and and I said, because I looked over, I glanced over, and it was actually a combination of two paintings. Um, the Bastion Lepage painting of, of the grandfather, That's I think. So awesome. Oh, yeah, Gathering yeah. sticks. I really like Then that. also, during the process, and I'm not one to do this, I'm not one to play the card of, like, modern. And But I had Jackson Pollock in my mind, because if you look at the edges, I started it very kind of abstract. and yeah, I had, cool. I had like. So did you put it on the floor to paint it? To I had my perspective. <laughs> I just actually, I just posted a picture of uh, Instagram post of, I had my palette on the floor. So that was the second stick painting. But yeah, I, I did have, I just used a, a big brush. And <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I saw that photo. Yeah. So but the, I mean, but the idea is that I felt like you, you, you saw it. You saw the actual thing. Yeah, it was and you're like that would be a great painting. It, it was like, a that's real really experience. cool, and mm-hmm. that's what I mean yeah. about the experience. Of, and of that's what I was referring to with Antonio Lopez yeah. and Andrew Wyeth and Jacob, and they all have their. If it's real, if it's going to last, you know, I think that magic happens at some point. So, very cool. That's a great place to. I think we should leave it off. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's fun. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming in on a rainy day to the Salma Gundy Club Library. This was a lot of fun. Do you know what's funny is that I was telling uh, uh, Ted before you came here, I was like, I found this great post about redheads. Ten, oh, no. ten facts. <laughs> My redhead is ten not. facts that you might not know <laughs> about redheads. You had the and budget, I have it here. You had the budget I, time. And yeah, and I was gonna, like, oh no, no, <laughs> I was fully like, this is this is very. All right, important. we're not reading. Ten, let's edit it down to the best two. Uh, I'm going to tell you one. <laughs> I'll tell one. you one. Top one. Uh, there was one that I was like, oh, would you look at that? Hold on, let me find it really quick. It says one. I mean, I'll let's hang on. Three. Let me get my glasses. Redheads on. don't go gray, generally. Um, um, okay. All right. Uh, and then it says red head. hair and blue eyes, mm-hmm. which you have, mm-hmm. is the rarest combination in the world. Wow. That's Usually they're green eyes or yeah. brown. So you have a very rare combination. It says, interesting. Uh, what if I was albino? I don't <laughs> think you have red hair still, I get, right? I get mixed up with albinos. They're like, aren't you? I'm like, I'm Albanian. <laughs> yeah, I'm Albanian. They're like, aren't you supposed to have like red hair and <laughs> white hair and red eyes and i'm like no so, so totally is that just thing. amongst the oh this is another one that i wanted for you is <laughs> oh, the God. romans kept red-headed slaves at a higher price wow so you would have been mm. you and the roman times the cream you, would have of the been, crop? you would have been like a trophy for as roman slaves so you'd, <laughs> no. you'd be the cream of <laughs> the roman slave crop. What, what would what why why on earth would well that i'm glad this is the end of the pot <laughs> <laughs> I know, didn't we have something good to end on before? <laughs> yeah, we did, we, we did end it pretty good. It might end there. Very good. Right. No, this is right. an honor. Well, thank you, guys. Mike, thanks for coming. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jay Braun. And thank you, Sal Gundy Club. And yep. thank you, everybody listening. And yeah, and thanks for the emails the, we've been getting. Uh, we've yeah. been getting some really cool emails. Keep with them the, coming. And also, please awesome. keep uh, the ratings on uh, 
iTunes coming. They help. They do. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Skip. Hold on, let me tell you what it's all about. Can't escape where you're from. Come on, Tony. Let's talk about art.